welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report after a long weekend. It wasn't a long weekend. It was a regular weekend, but it felt long. long. (laughs) Hope you had a good time. Hope your weekend was filled with joy and happiness and goodness and wonder and cash and sex and alcohol and drugs. You should have led with that. I should have. You're right. Put the wonder at the end. That is uh, your vice host, Eddie Pence. You're hearing him across the room from me. I, of course, am your podcast pal, Ralph Garman. It is a Monday. Nothing I can do about that. But we can try to make it a little bit better by bringing you the Ralph Report. Thanks to everybody yesterday, by the way, who showed up for a live uh, streaming event with me and Mr. Pence and my wife, Carrie. It was great to have everybody show up. It was fun, eventful. Very eventful. Interactive. (laughs) Uh, we made uh, Eddie eat a peach, Ugh. which was enormously fun. My wife took a, a swig of Pisco, which <laughs> doesn't sound sounds like a company that makes uh, testing supplies for for drug addicts. Yes, Pisco testing drug addicts is 1968. Um, no, it's a, a kind of liquor that comes from Peru. She took a shot of that. It was just it was a party. And so many of you Garmy members, you three and four star generals, uh, showed up and you asked questions, you participated, and we had a blast. So we're going to do it again next month. But thanks to everybody who was there for that. Speaking of which, I mentioned this yesterday during it, but I wanted to mention it again so everybody would hear. I'm going to be in London, Ontario, Canada next month, Saturday, September 22nd, is the big Forest City Comic Con there in London, Ontario. And so I wanted to let everyone know that I'm going to be there. If you're a Canadian uh, member of the Garmin and you happen to be near London, come on out to the Forest City Comic Con Saturday, September 22nd. And the good folks there at the Comic Con were kind enough to set up a special promo code for listeners of the Ralph Report. If you go to the website to buy tickets, which is Forest City Comic Con, and that's one C in Comic Con. So Forest City Comic Con. Dot ca. If you go there to buy your tickets and you use the promo code Ralph, you will get $5 off your ticket price. So thanks to everybody at Forest City Comic Con for making that happen. Hope to see all you guys out there and we're going to have a good time there in Canada next month. All right. How was your uh, your set last night? You were telling folks yesterday yeah, was during the, the live event you were doing the comedy store. It was at the comedy store last night in the belly room. It's a fun show. Yeah. Little, it always gets a little warm up there, but uh, <laughs> it's yes. always fun. It was a it it's was an a, older building. It's not quite as uh, hooked up with the AC and the ventilation yeah, as it might be. And there's a lot of weird history there too. It's because uh, used to be an yeah, Italian that's restaurant, the haunted one, yeah, right? It's the crazy haunted one. It used to be an Italian restaurant. And they had a lot of mob hits in the basement, and the belly room apparently was where uh, they performed abortions. I think for don't quote Is me. Is that why they call it the belly room? No, they, they, uh, it's for belly laughs. And oh. it's, uh, Mitzi had started it long ago well, maybe for, for female comics. Call it the hanger room or something. <laughs> Go <to> hanger room. <laughs> <laughs> the belly and hanger room. Maybe that, that, they just dropped the hanger part. But after apparently all the years. that's something had to do with mafia ties and. Weird, I had no weird idea shit. the history of that room. Was that place that. is crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy room. Yeah. Did you see any ghosts? Place. No, but I've, I've had friends work there telling me some crazy stories. Yeah, well. Chairs going up on tables. and. Oh, stuff. okay. I don't believe it, but uh, I'm just saying. Did they see a chair go up on the table? No, what they do or is. The, they, or they left the room and they came back and there was a chair on the table. Basically, they turned around and then they turned back around and like all the chairs were up on the tables. Like weird 
stuff like that. No, I don't. Oh, I don't believe it because it it's never happened to me. Nobody ever sees anything happen. It's always after <laughs> the fact that they see. I know. I went into the room. The light was off. But when I came back downstairs, the light was on. But you didn't see actually the light no, get turned on. Or you didn't see a ghost there turning the light on. But apparently, there's a horrible dark presence in the basement. Yes. Whatever that means. Polly. Polly sure roams the basement. Is the horrible dark presence. <laughs> Uh, I had a, an uneventful weekend. It was uh, fun. We did Hollywood Babylon on Friday night. Eddie Pence was there yeah. helping out. And then Saturday, I tried to just spend some time with the family. Yesterday, again, we were doing the uh, live streaming event for Ralph Report. I was putting the report together for this morning. So it was it was, uh, it was pretty uneventful, but I did manage to learn a couple things. And so I do like to kick off on Monday um, stories of my weekend and let you know the top three things that I learned. The top three things I learned this weekend. All right. Number three. As I mentioned, we did Hollywood Babble on Friday night at the Improv on Melrose, and I would I would say it was the worst show we've had in <laughs> a couple years. It was uh, poorly attended, and the people who showed up did not seem to be enjoying it. And then we had technical problems on top of it. <laughs> the energy was low in the room. And well. we were not the top of our game. It was a failure. But a thing I learned this weekend was there comes with failure a certain freedom. And I, and I, and I have learned this in the past, but I had forgotten about it. And I was, reminded to, uh, I was reminded of it this weekend. And I wanted to share it. Is that don't fear failure so much because it is like it's almost like a spiritual enema when it happens. Yeah. You get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm not embarrassed really anymore, and I've kind of stopped caring now at this point, and I'm just, I'm free. I don't, I, it, what happens is when you fail and you get through the other side of it or, or you're in the midst of it, and you kind of look around and say, oh, this isn't so bad. I don't know what I was so afraid of. Yeah. The fear of failure, I think, is much worse much, than failure. Much is. worse. And that's what I learned again this week. And you'd think of eventually it would sink in. But every time I take the stage uh, with Hollywood Babylon or any show or, that I'm doing or this show when I'm recording it, there's always the fear of failure. And sometimes when you're really in the, in the midst of a good, juicy failure, <laughs> you kind of say, oh, I'm OK. I can, I'll, I'll survive this. And it, and it almost you almost start to laugh at yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing. That's about, what happened on Friday. Night. That's what I enjoy about stand up comedy is because I fail lots. And when you fail, you realize that's the worst. That it, That's as bad as it can get. That's not that bad. And it's not that bad. There's can, a lot worse thing. And you always get the next chance. Yeah, hopefully. You know, yeah. Hopefully. But. Anyway, so and if you were in the audience Friday night, I'm not talking about you. I'm sure you probably had a good time, but you should have told your face. <laughs> You guys had some great bits in the show, though. That's why it was a good. It, it may have been a good show. I don't really know. It's hard to it's hard to judge when no one's really laughing. And they may have been laughing just because there weren't a lot of them there, and they felt self conscious. I mean, you never know why a crowd does what it does. The bit you about you and Kevin riffing about the dad and the son listening and jerking on, yeah, <laughs> jerking off and listen to your. <laughs> I thought there were moments. <laughs> there were some show. great moments in that show, but it was it, we it, we hadn't played to that few people in a long time. And I think maybe the end of summer has something to do with it, and maybe people are taking the week yeah. off because they've got the long weekend on the other side for whatever reason it just did not turn out to be a really good show and it was the worst one in a while and it felt fine it was okay yeah. and like you said we'll come back we've got another one coming up oh speaking of which um our next show is going to be down in orange county here in california it's going to be in santa Ana at a place called the esports arena 
And usually this is where they play video game tournaments and things like that. We've played there once before. And the, uh, the tech's end of it is so spectacular that we're going back again, largely because it's also our eighth anniversary show. It's going to be the celebration of our eight years doing Hollywood Babylon. We're going to be doing that at the eSports Arena down in Santa Ana on September 7th. So if you want to come on out, uh, you can go to csmod.com to get tickets for that. Man, I'm just selling things left and right today, aren't I? All right, let's look at the second thing I learned this weekend. Number Number two. two. As I mentioned, I was uh, working Friday, uh, Hollywood Babylon. That was a late night. Uh, Working yesterday on this show. And I... My wife had to go out on Saturday, and my kid was on the couch just chilling, looking at her uh, tablet. And I went upstairs to start working, and I turn around, and there's the kid standing in the hallway. And she said, can you come downstairs? And I thought something was wrong. And I came downstairs, and she had set up the checkerboard. She wanted to play some games. And I felt like a shitty human being at that moment because... She came up to me to get me to play with my own kid. I should have been doing that. I should have taken that step. The one day I had off was Saturday. I should have dedicated that day, and it ended up being this way, but I didn't initially dedicate that day just to spending time with my kid and yeah. doing stuff. I was up here working again. Yeah, you get lost like that sometimes. And I, and it's the, and I work six days a week, and she luckily came up and snapped me out of it, and we went down and we played... Uh, we played checkers and we played uh, bounce out another game and a whole ton of board games and stuff. We had a great time on Saturday, but without her taking that first step, I probably would have been in my office typing away or doing whatever I did. But us as like parents, we we go through those mental hurdles of like, oh my kids, I'm ignoring my kid. I should go play with my. Kid. The kids just like I'm gonna go play with my dad, and they just go get their dad. It's as simple as that. It's true. Them, I know? mean, if she if I had been pushing it, she probably would have liked to rather spend some time on her tablet. Yeah. But she just wanted to spend time with me. So and they come did. and get you. They don't think about it. They just come. I want my dad now. But what struck me was that I work hard on this show, on Babylon, on on Family Guy. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for my family, for my wife and my kid. But what's the point of working for that if you don't enjoy, enjoy it, that? Yeah. If you don't take some time to enjoy the things that you're working for, what's the point of working for them? Yeah. There's That's- so many people out there working hard jobs. You know, I talk to four-star generals every month. I get, I get five of them, and we get on the phone, and I hear these people who are working, you know, uh, either they're working in construction or they're nurses or they're doctors or they're teachers, and everyone is working so hard these days just trying to keep their families in groceries and, and get everything taken care of at the end of the month with bills and whatnot. It's, that's fine, but if you don't appreciate those things that you're working towards, if you don't like you know, the, the home that you're in or the, or the car that you're driving or the family that you're, you're providing for, if you don't enjoy those things, then why are you working so yeah. hard? So you just have it, to ask yourself why sometimes. Right. So, and also take the time if you can. I know it's hard sometimes, but if you can carve out the time, spend it with uh, the, the, your, your, your significant other or your kids or whoever it is that you love, uh, make that a priority. And then the first thing I learned this weekend. Number, number one. one. This uh, was a recommended to us a while ago that someone said you should, you should start finding out the origin of sayings. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, apparently people t- have taken that to heart. And I got a tweet over the weekend from a guy named Mr. Stars who said, uh, the, met- the, the phrase down to the wire is a metaphor for a dynamite fuse, right? Or is it? He asked. 
And we've all heard that phrase. It's like, well, this is going to go down to the wire. Yeah. I, you know, I better hurry up or else I got to get this report into the boss. And it's we're getting, close it's getting call. down to the wire. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and Mr. Starr s- said he didn't know where the phrase down to the wire came from. And so I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research and I'm going to find out. So oh. I found out this weekend where the phrase down to the really? wire came from. Do you have any idea where down to the wire came from? I have no from? idea. In the 18th century, excuse me, the 19th century, in horse racing, they used to take a thin wire and string oh, it across okay. the finish line. So when the horses came across, they would break that wire and they would be able to see who was in first place as, it, as they came across. So it's a, the pre-photo finish. Exactly. Before they had photo right. finishes, they had this thin wire that they would stretch across the finish line. And that was how they could tell which horse came in first. Hmm. And so ra- many races, many close horse races came down to the to wire, the wire yeah. for them to be able to figure out which horse was the winner. Well. So the phrase down to the wire, which was first used in 1889 in a story about horse racing, became a, uh, a metaphor for something happening at the last minute. Yeah. Cultural literacy. So there you go. That's where down to the wire came from. That's that's a gift. You can take that to work <laughs> or school with you today and impress annoy your people with that fact. All with week that long. knowledge. So and I learned that this weekend. So that was one of the uh, the top three things I learned this weekend. The top three things I learned this weekend. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mr. Stars for reaching out via Twitter to that. I want to thank everyone in the Garmy who always reaches out. You guys are great. You send me emails at ralph at theralphreport.com. You use our uh, voicemail, which is 24 hours a day. You can always call in at 1-833-HI-RALPH. You can always leave a message there. Why are you laughing, Eddie? Why are you laughing? Always say hi, Ralph. Makes me giggle. But um, you're always welcome to leave a message there. In fact, a lot of people do leave messages there for my vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. He is often the subject of many voicemails that are left there. I usually dread this part. You would be surprised how many voicemails, and I listen to them all, at one eight three three, hi Ralph. Um, how many voicemails start with "Goddamn Eddie Pence"? <laughs> I think we need to start a new segment called "Goddamn Eddie Pence" because it's hilarious. So many people start off leaving their voicemail messages with those exact words, and this is no exception. Goddamn it, Eddie Pence! <laughs> Do you think the world created a fucking I howl? No, it's an I hop. International House of Pancakes, not International House of Waffles. Who doesn't like pancakes? God damn it, Eddie. God damn it, Eddie Pence. Um, Eddie did ruffle some feathers last week when he said he he doesn't uh, care for pancakes. A lot of pancakes fans were upset with him. Uh, however, there were. You said Friday night. You said you had somebody came up to you and like they whispered in it. a whisper, so they wouldn't also be called out by people that they too were not fans. I'll, I'll of take pancakes. the heat for everyone else. I'll do it. Well, you're a brave. I'll, I'll be man. the Jesus of pancakes. Uh, a lot of people also pointed out about Friday's show in particular that Eddie Pence is just—he is fake news. He is just putting false information out there, left and right, willy nilly. He is lying. Often. He just makes stuff up. He just puts facts out there that simply aren't true. And I blame myself. Because as I was going back to listen to these segments people were talking about, I said, I'm there and I go, oh yeah, okay, yeah. I just I, I agree with him. I, I assume he knows what he's talking I just about. just say it with such confidence. And I just co-sign it. And that's my bad. I should, <laughs> I should doubt him more 
and call him on out on his bullshit. I'm sure I'm wrong on that belly room thing at the beginning of the show, too. <laughs> yeah, right. When you agreed with it. So, and, and to try to make amends for me allowing him to spew his lies on this program, I'm trying to make things right. I'm going to go back to Friday's show. We're going to correct the lies that he was spreading with a new segment that we have called Eddie is Wrong. Eddie is Wrong. Eddie is Wrong is the name of the segment. The first thing Eddie was wrong about, one more time. Eddie is Wrong. Eddie is Wrong about the state of Maryland, the great state of Maryland. It was Maryland Day on Friday, and we were talking about uh, Maryland, and here's what Eddie had to say. It's also National Maryland Day. Oh, Happy well, Maryland, every everybody. Every state's got to get the day. Right? Every state gets their day, and today is Maryland's day. Look, I'm a big Maryland fan. Growing up uh, where I did, it was only a couple states over, and we used to go there sometimes Rehoboth. on vacation. Yeah, Rehoboth Beach. <laughs> Rehoboth Beach, I just, not in Maryland I didn't at all. I finish the thought in my head. Rehoboth was, Beach in Delaware. It's on my fault. Rehoboth that's Beach would me. be in Delaware. I no, just, it's my fault because I'm going, yeah, I'm Rehoboth Beach. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, everyone knows great. Ocean City is the one in Maryland Beach, but I, or Maryland, the Ocean City is the beach in Maryland, but uh-huh. I, we would drive through Maryland to get to Rehoboth. Well, then what? I didn't finish the Why didn't the you thought. say Ocean City then? Because I never liked Ocean City. That's why they called it Ocean Shitty. So uh, Eddie, her- was, Eddie was wrong about that. Eddie! Eddie! He was wrong about that, and yeah. he was also wrong about uh, Craig Kilborn. We were talking about Craig Kilborn. <laughs> Fuck he, he was it was his birthday on Friday, and this came up. Talk show host and former sportscaster Craig Kilborn is fifty six. Whatever happened to Craig Kilborn? I don't. I, he was in the uh, what was that movie? Uh, Wedding Crashers, right? Wedding Crashers. And that's yeah. the last I think I saw of him. Eddie. Yeah, it wasn't Wedding Crashers. You just jumped at all. right on board though. That's I know. Because I, I I've worked most of my life with people who know what they're talking about. Competent people. And my reflex action is to go, oh yes, okay, thank you for the assist. Thanks for showing up and for helping the show by giving information to our listeners. I had no idea that, how wrong you were. Eddie is wrong. But uh, of course, it was old school. Old school was the yeah, movie that uh, Craig Kilborn was in, not not, not Wedding Crashers at all. So my bad. We have corrected that now. So I hope we've done our service in trying to get the real information out there. I'll, I'll, it, I'll try to stop speaking with such confidence. No, just <laughs> my just problem. say what you know and don't say things that you don't know. That's all we're asking for. Uh, that Maryland Day thing came up in a segment we do each and every day here called Holiday or Holiday, where we look at the big calendar of holidays and decide what's legit and what's not. Let's get to today, shall we? Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. All these holidays are celebrated on this day, Monday, August 27th. It's Tug of War Day. Tug of War? I love me a good Tug of War. It's a good fun game to play. That's a fun game. It's always a summer game, you know? Yeah. It's one of those games you can play loaded, too. A lot of people (laughs) drunk tugging on that war. A lot of injuries, a lot of twisted ankles, a lot of of rope burns. People falling on people. Falling, yeah. In retrospect, it's probably a poor (laughs) choice, but I do love me a good Tug of War. Um, It's also National Pots de Cream Day. What's that? Pots de Cream is a French dessert... That uh, loosely translated pots de cream means pot of cream. Pot of cream, and it's um, makes sense. It's uh, from the 17th century, and it's basically just a little white porcelain cup with custard in it, but it is baked in that cup, and it's a French delicacy. And it's a is that kind of like thing. a flan. Not not 
a no? flan. It's more like a custard or a pudding, really. Pudding, but it's yeah. baked. Yeah, it's baked, Eddie. What are you gonna have that face on <laughs> I don't for? No, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure it out. Anyway, I they, don't know. They say it's delicious. I've never had it. I've never had it either. It's got eggs, cream, milk, vanilla, or chocolate. It comes in two flavors. I like all and, those ingredients. And apparently, yeah, it's probably fine. I think it's, it's sure probably it's good. fine. Yes. Uh, tonight is International Bat Night. <laughs> International Bat Night. Bat Night was created to establish and promote goodwill towards bats. Bats get a bad rap. They get a very bad rap. A lot of people say they that cut they... cut down on mosquitoes. They, they, they bite you and they attack and stuff, and they don't. No, they keep the insect population in yes, control. Yes, they eat bugs, flying bugs. Mosquitoes, and most importantly. I, they should eat more of them. I know. I hate those bugs. And the ones that eat fruit actually help uh, pollinate fruit plants. Yes. Because they move their nectar around and they shit out seeds and stuff that get planted and stuff, and it's very helpful. So tonight is International Bat Night, so go out and... Look up. Look up. See if you can see a bat. And if you see a bat... Leave it alone. Give it a tip of the cap or a salute (laughs) and say, thank you, bat, for all your help. It's also National Just Because Day. This is a bullshit holiday. Why would you even do that? It's Just Because Day. Go to a restaurant you've always wanted to go to. Just Just Because. Surprise someone with flowers. Just because. Just, this is this is every day of your life. Just, you don't you do everything? Sort of just I, every because? Every day I do it just because. Every day, every, every day. Because I have to, because I want to. I hate I need these to. people who did this so much. I'm going to punch them in the nose <laughs> just because. Take That's what I'm going to do. your anger on them. And lastly, you know, we always round up with something food related because it's a fucking coin flip every yeah, day with Eddie Pence. You don't know joy. whether he's going to like it. He won't like it. Yesterday, not yesterday, Friday, we got uh, waffles. We got the treat of him liking something. He said he liked waffles and then he he, he giveth and then he taketh <laughs> away. And he said he hates pancakes. I took a bite of a peach yesterday. That's true. Yesterday, we're going to put that out. I got to put that video out of him eating a peach. That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so here's today's food-related holiday to see whether Eddie Pence is on board or not. Today's food-related holiday. It is a fruit, but it's not a peach. How does he feel about... Banana Lover's Day. Oh, I love bananas. You love, I love bananas. bananas. I do love bananas. And it's Banana Lover's Day. And I'm one of so them. So this is your holiday. They're good for you. They actually help with depression. That's a wow. thing. Wow. They help with your depression. Uh, so you... Potassium's good. You like bananas. I like bananas. Wow. I like bananas. Potassium. Yeah, but they're very, the they're very soft fruit, Eddie. They're very yeah, soft fruit. You, you and get, I know how you feel about soft you, fruits. You get the peel off and it's fine. It's, I can deal with the. Yeah, but the inside, when you're biting into it, is a very soft. It's, it's, but it's more of a cream. It's not a mush like a, like a peach it's not was. A cream. It's a cream. It's a creamy. It's not It's creamier creamy. than. It's, it, I, but you said it was the consistency of the peach that threw you yesterday. Because you have to bite into that soft skin, and then it sort of snaps a little bit, and then you <laughs> go into that gush. I see. It's the gush. It's the gush. Eh. But bananas can be very gushy sometimes. I won't eat that. I won't eat like a gushy banana. Oh, I see. If I peel nice, it and it looks gushy, I'm not going to eat it. Nice firm banana nice, is what just, you like. Just on the on the yellow side of green. I got gotcha. you. You know what I'm saying? Well, Eddie is a uh, is a banana lover. That's <laughs> And it's today's banana lover day. I'm so happy. <laughs> what a great way to start off the week. Yay. We talked about a food that Eddie will actually eat. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. Holiday. 
on holiday. Every day we also take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment that I call the Showbiz Beat. And on Mondays, we like to kick off the showbiz beat by taking a look at the top 10 movies at the box office over the weekend so we can see what people went to see in the movie theaters. Number one again this week, Crazy Rich Asians with $25 million at the box office. It is crushing it. Uh, A lot of people were surprised. They thought maybe one of the newer movies would be at the top, but no. The top two movies are the same as last week. Crazy Rich Asians at number one and then The Meg at number two with $13 million. The Happy Time Murders, which is the big new movie this weekend. People did not go see this. But it's so dirty. It is an R-rated comedy. It's kind of hard to get big numbers in the summer because kids can't go to it. That's true. A lot of R-rated comedies do struggle because the family can't go to it. Yeah. Uh, It only made $10 million, I thought it made more than that. I did, too. In fact, I I saw this little factoid, and it's the fourth thing I learned this weekend, that the Happy Time Murders box office of $10 million is the lowest box office ever for a Melissa McCarthy movie. Really? Yeah, so she's taking it in the shorts on this one. Mission Impossible, Fallout was fourth. Disney's Christopher Robin still in the top five at number five with $6.3 million. Then Mile 22, Alpha was seventh. Eighth was Black Klansman, Axel, A-X-L. That robot dog movie was number nine. And Slender Man, the horror film, came in at number 10 this weekend. Uh, speaking of movies, they're making a sequel. I cannot believe this. To what? What are they making a sequel Do you to? remember a movie that came out, I guess it was last year, called A Dog's... What the fuck was the name of it? A Dog's Purpose. A Dog's Purpose was the name of it. It was like... Yes, I do Dennis remember. Dennis Quaid yeah. played a little boy whose dog dies. He, he keeps going to different dogs, right? But the dog gets reincarnated yeah, like 20 times and it, then yeah. shows up again at the at the, when this guy's an around. adult. He comes back and they yeah. reconnect. I remember that, yeah. And Josh Gad was the voice of the dog, and you're hearing the dog's thoughts. I hate talking dog movies so fucking much. And the much. dog dies like 20 times in the yes, film, but then right? it comes back. And, but it keeps coming oh, back. I'm a girl dog now? I'm so surprised. Yeah. I'm still Josh Gad, though. Isn't this crazy? Oh. So it's about a re- it's a reincarnation dog right. story, which I thought was such bullshit. Well, shows you what I know. It made uh, $200 million worldwide. Wow. Including, and this is the key, this is why they're making a sequel, it made $88 million in China. It was a huge hit in China. Really? And if you can make Chinese money, you're making a sequel. That's why there's a Transformers franchise. That's right. They've just announced A Dog's Journey, a sequel to A Dog's Purpose. And once again, Dennis Quaid is back, and Josh Gad will be the voice of a bunch of dying dogs, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know how you retell that story, but I guess they're I don't know how you go through many, that many dog lives in a lifetime. And it's just, uh, who cares? Uh, this this goes to show you, and this is the thing that bothers me. I have a dog. I love dogs. I love dog people. I get it. I understand why dogs are our best friends and they're part of the family. And I get all those things. But people are such suckers for these animal stories. It's it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, talking dogs, man. They you're not a, you're not time. a child. You don't need your dog to talk to you. No. Just go see a real movie. And Alpha, an actual movie about a real relationship between a dog and a man. possible origin of dogs. Ignored. No one wants to see that movie. The most interesting possible dog story there could be. The real story about how a dog and a human interact. Not interested because the goddamn dog isn't talking or going to the spa or getting its hair done. Like Beverly Hills Chihuahua and all those fucking movies. God damn it, America. Get your shit together, would you please? (laughs) 
And this was sad. Neil Simon, one of the great American playwrights, has passed away. He passed away uh, yesterday, Sunday morning at 1 in the morning. Now, I didn't feel so bad after I heard these facts. He had kidney problems, which is a nightmare. Oh, my, always rough. My mother went through yeah. that before she passed, and it's just horrible. But he also had Alzheimer's and dementia, oh. so his mind was pretty much gone at the end. And for a mind like Neil Simon, it's so tr- I mean, it's one just, of the great comic wits of all, of American history. To lose your faculties and lose your mind and your sharpness and your edge and uh, that that crushed me more than yeah. hearing about just his to passing. hear that a mind it's such a gift like that and just for it to just dissipate and they mentioned so over sad. the weekend uh, Tim Conway is going through the same thing he's got oh. dementia yeah oh and he got another guy who was so was one sharp of my childhood idols was Tim Conway a brilliant improviser a, a mind that just worked at, at the speed of light. Uh, for him to have dementia and be suffering from that, it just breaks my heart. But uh, Neil Simon was one of the greats, truly. I did, in college, I did um, Barefoot in the Park. Just a great play. And The Odd Couple, of course. I mean, literally like a hundred plays this Loxy guy had. Blues. Yeah, those... Uh, uh, Odd Couple, Barefoot in the Park, Promises, Promises, The Sunshine Boys, Bloxy Blues, Lost in Yonkers. <laughs> I got that right. Goes, yeah, you got one right. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, it goes on and on and on. In fact, in 1966... Neil Simon had four plays running on Broadway simultaneously. Oh my God, really? That's an amazing accomplishment. Has that ever been done before? It certainly hadn't up to that point. I don't know if it's been since. I can't imagine That's it crazy. has. He was the first playwright to have a Broadway theater named after him. The Neil Simon Theater was named after him. And you'd think it'd be Tennessee Williams or somebody like yeah. that, but it was him. He was a Broadway legend. And his movie versions of his plays were just as good. Well, it's, his uh, just his his character study that he would just do with every play that he did. I mean, it's just But the sharpness of his dialogue. The, yeah, the dialogue ridiculous. It's just a pleasure to to watch and if you're an actor and you get to be in a Neil Simon play, just so much fun. So, uh, he is Gone at the age of 91, but what a, what a body of work he leaves behind. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. Actress Sarah Chalk is 42 years old today. I know Sarah a little bit, and she's a sweetheart, so happy birthday, Sarah Chalk. Daryl Dragon is 76 years old today. You know who Daryl Dragon is? His, uh, his working name is The Captain. <laughs> is that ringing a bell Captain Morgan? No. Oh. This guy played the captain. Oh, uh, from the uh, Captain Obvious commercials? No. No, not those. No, he's the captain, and his wife, Tony. Tennille? Tennille. Captain and Tennille. Is Tennille, and together they are Captain and Tennille. I used to listen to Captain Tennille. My mom, I'd get my mom's records. I was always Captain Tennille and Blondie were the two <laughs> well, that's, records that's I always listened to as a kid. pop music whiplash right I know, there. Your mom listened to Captain Tennille and the Blondie? Yeah. She's got a wide range old, of taste right there. she had old mom's Mabley. Uh, wow. So you're listening to old black comedy <laughs> yeah, and, and cheesy bubblegum pop and punk rock all Explains together. quite a bit. Your mom was nuts <sighs> with the music there. Uh, speaking of music... Alex Lifeson, guitarist for Rush, is 65. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Bassist Tony Canal of No Doubt is 48 years old today. I know Tony a little bit uh, through all my years at K-Rock, of course, uh, no doubt was a big band for that radio station, and he's been very kind to me. I just, I just, 
I didn't think about it until now. I should ask him to come on and do the show. We should yeah. do an interview with Tony. That'd be great. Fascinating guy, and uh, he's got a brand new band, and they're terrific. So I think that'd be fun. But, of course, best known for his work with No Doubt, like uh, this song, Spiderweb. If you want to check them out, Dream Cars, uh, Tony, and it's also uh, Tom from No Doubt. Um, it's a lot of the same sounds. The three guys no that, without Gwen, and then they've got a new lead singer, and it's a great band. It's a male lead, male singer, lead singer, but yeah, he's terrific. Uh, and then lastly, Paul Rubens celebrates his birthday today, <laughs> also known as <laughs> Pee He's 66 years old today. Uh, we saw him uh, do his one-man, not his one-man show, but the Pee-wee show uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I, when she was pregnant with our twins. And this guy won't age. It's ridiculous. He's 66, yeah. but when he's Pee-wee, he looks exactly the same. One of the greats. I'm Ralph Garvin. Ah. <laughs> I walk the showbiz beat. Well, it's a very exciting time of year. It is almost football season. We're in the midst of preseason right now. Sorry, Eddie, about your running back. I know you guys have guys. A, a rookie yeah. running back. who We picked uh, up uh, Adrian Peterson, all 33 years old. Yeah. I don't know if an aging running back is a solution I don't, I don't think to it's your good problems. Either. Although he's a talented guy. He might still have some gas left in the I tank. I don't know about that. Uh, my Eagles are all banged up, too. It's just It's been a crazy preseason for a lot of teams. And, of course, there's... The, the helmet rule everybody's talking about, yeah. all kinds of things. Uh, I thought it was time to reach out to my buddy over there at Yahoo Sports, Jay Busby, Buzz as I call him, to start talking about this upcoming season. And he was kind enough to oblige. Here's my conversation with, from Yahoo Sports, Jay Busby. Well, Buzz, what are your early impressions of preseason football? I'd like to call a flag on this podcast immediately. <laughs> that's my that's my first impression. And then Man. there's going to be a flag on that flag, and yeah. there's going to be a flag on top of that. Yeah, I am excited as hell about uh, football coming back. However, it does seem like we're going to see a lot of interference in terms of penalties being called, the game being interrupted. There's going to be a lot of reviewing the tape. I'm not looking forward to that aspect of the game this season. It's going to be strange because the NFL, this comes from, yeah, I don't know if we can say that this comes from a good place because I'm always suspicious of the NFL doing the right thing, kind of being dragged to the right spot. But they're trying to reduce head injuries, trying to, to address the possibility of concussions. And so in so doing, they've instituted a new helmet rule that has, has had just dozens, dozens of flags. Uh, before this past weekend's games, there were there were 51 uh, flags thrown. This is just a huge number of flags for this helmet-to-helmet rule. And there were a number of these that you look at them and you're like, Wait, that's, a, that's a normal tackle. How's the guy supposed to tackle? And so it's going to be very difficult to see how they police this. The hope, of course, is that they are the, the refs are working out the kinks now in preseason. And once the games start, then uh, everything will be, will be hunky-dory. But we know that that's not how it's going to go. Well, for those who aren't familiar, can you explain exactly what the new rule is? 
I, I wish I could. It's like the it's like the catch rule. We don't know what exactly what it is. <laughs> what it is is trying to avoid head to head contact. And so anything that the defender can do to avoid helmet to helmet contact by keeping their head up, by keeping their head away from the the the. Uh, the, the offensive player's helmet, that's what they're trying to avoid. And so what you end up with is situations where a, a player, a defensive player, will have an angle on an offensive player, and then the offensive player will make a move, and it's too late for the defensive player to adjust because he's already in midair or what have you, and, and they're get, they, a flag gets thrown. But the, the intention is to minimize helmet-to-helmet contact and to avoid uh, defenders hitting with the crown of the head. And that's, and that's the theory, obviously, in a game that's as fast as football just doesn't work out well in practice yet well it's always been the case for the past few years that that you can't tackle helmet to helmet is it just that they're going to be more particular about calling it is that what the problem is exactly they're going to focus on that and they're going to focus on any kind of contact any sort of incidental contact the quarterback has always been as you know a protected class an endangered species and and they're they're even ramping that up even further that virtually any contact on a quarterback at this point uh, that, that's anything other than, than just basically asking him politely to get down on the ground is going to be is going to be a flag. And so it's going to be tough to determine. I mean, I wish I had a better answer, but it's, it's like trying to determine a strike zone because it seems like every referee is throwing his own version of the calls. And so that's that's what makes it so difficult to, to uh, figure out at this point. And I've heard they're also going to be calling uh, contact with the, uh, the the backs and the receivers more closely as well. You're going to see a lot more interference calls, they're saying. Exactly. And this is this is what concerns defenses a whole lot. They already think that the deck is stacked against them. They already think that it's difficult for them to even do the kind of – to play the way that they've played forever. I mean, these guys have been taught a certain – way to play heads up football they've been taught this way since they were little kids with their helmets bigger than their bodies and so to try and to retrain them over one off season is absurd and it, it the nfl knows that offense is the lifeblood of the game defense wins championships offense brings in viewers and so they know that people want to see touchdowns they want to see long breakaway runs and so they're kind of in a way subtly mandating that by making it that much more difficult for the defense to bring down the offense and uh you know if you're if you're a football fan you are going to have a few more flags to wade through well why didn't the arena football work then if that's what people <laughs> want to see for god's sakes that's uh, yeah or, or slam ball or any of those those <laughs> crazy ass games that I, I mean those arena games were great and i saw you know this summer i saw i don't think we talked about this i saw a flag football game with with michael vick with ocho cinco and it was amazing because it was nothing but offense. These guys were just I, – and I wish this this would be a huge league because it was so much fun to watch. It was like the, the greatest Thanksgiving Day football ever. It was nothing but dudes going long and just heaving these, these 25, 30, 50-yard passes. But, yeah, I mean there's, there's a certain segment of football fandom that just wants to see dudes pound each other into the dirt. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. The league is trying to legislate injuries out of the game, and yet if you look around the league, there's so many teams now that are suffering – with players getting seriously injured in these preseason games. Yeah, there's nothing I hate more than the than than seeing a report on Twitter, seeing a, seeing one of the folks that I follow saying uh, so and so injured his ACL out for the season, and, and this is in August. You know, it's it's brutal seeing these guys. You know, the NFL career in general, as you know, is is like maybe three years on average. So to see a guy lose his entire season because of something that happens in preseason is tough. Uh, biggest name off the top. My head is probably Darius Geis, who's the running back for who was the rookie running back. I mean, that, that's even worse. You're a rookie. You don't even get to play and get injured. He's for the Washington Redskins. He's out for the year. Yeah. But there are all of these guys that that are, that are going down, and the, the the snowball effect of that is that these preseason games are basically 
basically just just dress rehearsals. You don't even see the big names because they don't want to get hurt. They, and, and wisely, the teams are keeping them off. So, yeah. you know, there's been talk about there's talk about expanding the season to 18 games. I just can't see that happening the way the guys get hurt so badly. Well, I know they've cut down on the preseason games, they said, because of this. Uh, you're right about people getting injured. But if those guys don't get their reps, if people don't get out there and get ready for the season, then the beginning of the season is, is you're getting sloppy football. It's such a snowball effect. It really is. I mean, and last year you had Aaron Rodgers out. You had J.J. Watt out. You had these huge names that were gone for for large parts of the entire season. And that's that's the part of football that, that you start to wonder about the product because if you've got a product that is destroying its assets, how long is that going to last? I mean, you know, there's guaranteed, you hate to say it, but guaranteed there's somebody who's at the top of your fantasy team right now who's probably going to get injured, miss 10 games this season. It's, it's tough to see, but it's the truth. I wish the Eagles had set Nick Foles just because he keeps throwing interceptions. That's the real reason I, I wish yeah, they would take him out. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you, you're the one fan base that has nothing to complain about right now. You're the reigning champions. All is right with the world. So, uh, so how's it been? How's it been being a, uh, a defending champion? Well, it's been fine except for going 0-3 in the uh, preseason so oh, far. But... About pre-season? No, no one cares about preseason. You're fine. A lot of guys are banged up, though, like you said. A lot of guys are getting uh, you know, nursed back to health. You know, we don't know whether we'll see Wentz uh, yeah. at the beginning of the season or not. So it's an exciting time. However, in the back of your mind, maybe it's just being a Philly fan, you just feel like, well, th- that was the best it's ever going to be. It's all downhill <laughs> from here. So we'll have to wait and see. However, yeah. I do have good news about the Eagles and their fans at home in Philadelphia. They're getting the beer cycles in Philadelphia. I don't know if you saw this or not, Buzz. Beer cycles. Tell me what a beer – I love I love beer. I love cycles. What's well, the company? You, you know when you go to the <laughs> game, how hard it is to stand in line, especially in between quarters, to get those beers because the lines are so long. Well, there has been the, uh, the, the management company, Aramark, has been setting up this plan. They're going to try it in 10 different stadiums where they're going to have bicycles going around the stadium, driving around the concourse of the stadium with draft beer, kegs on the back of the bicycle. And they'll pull up and you'll be able to get a beer right there in the concourse. Okay, so, so let me see if I get this straight. You've got people riding around the concourses, delivering beer straight to Philly fans. And, <laughs> and you don't think that this thing is going to get cycle jacked within about 15 seconds. It's going to make one, one turn and, and the guy's going to get knocked off the uh, beer cart and it's going to get hijacked and it's going to be in the back of somebody's uh, uh, pickup truck. <laughs> They're trying these beer cycles in 10 different stadiums. Uh, Baltimore is getting it, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Houston, Kansas City, Minnesota, Philadelphia, as I mentioned, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay will all have beer cycles for their Jesus, fans this year. Those teams don't need, I mean, at least they're not taking it to Buffalo. Buffalo would set the cycles on fire. <laughs> but uh, those teams those teams don't need any more beer. You need to send it somewhere like like Jacksonville or San Francisco or something like that, a place where you can trust that, that the fans are not going to absolutely incinerate the poor beer cycle guy yeah. or lady for that matter in the uh, in san francisco they're gonna have a chardonnay tri- tricycle <laughs> that goes around exactly i an espresso cycle that they'll bring around and make a, make a little mocha for you buzz great talking to you again looking forward to uh, checking in this season as it moves along all right absolutely all the time my man thank you buddy and now it's time for my celebrity guest of the week The interview this week is with a lovely and talented lady named Allison Rosen. She is the queen of podcasts. Her show, Allison Rosen is your new best friend, gets about 30 million downloads a week. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. She's always there in the top 10 at iTunes and other places where you can find uh, podcasts. We, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. We know a lot of the same people, but we never actually met 
until we sat down to do this interview. Uh, I'll be talking to her all week long. In this first section, we naturally have one thing in common, and that's the podcast business. So we talk a little shop. But if you're interested in podcasts at all, and I, you might be since you're listening to one, or if you uh, like to do podcasts yourself, a lot of good information in this, the first chapter of my interview with Allison Rosen. Well, this is very exciting, boys and girls, because as a, as a new and up-and-coming podcast like the Ralph Report is, to have podcast royalty on this show is, uh, is a big deal. My guest this week will be Allison Rosen. She is your new best friend from the podcast of the same name. Allison, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That is the nicest introduction ever. Well, you're a big deal. And now every other introduction that I listen to will pale in comparison unless they get the memo that they have to introduce me as royalty. Well, they should because you are. Uh, Allison's podcast is enormously successful and very entertaining. If you're not listening, you absolutely should do that after you listen to the Ralph Report, naturally. But uh, And she's also another uh, member of the Patreon family. You're yes, on Patreon I am. as well. I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Just one L because my mom wanted me to have to say just one L whenever I say anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I like it a lot. How long have you been on Patreon? I have been on Patreon, I guess it's been about, I'm trying to remember if it's a year or two years. Oh, so because it's pretty I know, new. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I hesitated for a long time because I do have ads on my podcast and to me, it, I had it in my mind that you do one or the other. Like right. either you're, you're audience supported or you have advertising. Um, and a lot of my, my listeners actually brought it up to me like, oh, you should do Patreon, you should do Patreon. And I don't know, it just sort of, I felt I was uncomfortable with it. Um, and then Patreon reached out to me and they're like, we think that you could do really well on Patreon. We'll help you build a page. And I thought about it. And I looked at, you know, and some other podcasts were, were doing it. And I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and na- I, what I didn't realize was how much I would enjoy it, how much I would enjoy that level of interaction with the, I mean, I already had a lot of interaction on Twitter and, right. and Instagram and, and all that, but just, I don't know, like the Patreon people are super into you and super into your, as you know. Yes, um, very much so. Yeah, so it's like a self-selecting group of extremely nice people. Yeah, the people who listen to you on Patreon really want to listen to you. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. They, you can get a lot of casual listeners if you do a free podcast on iTunes or something like that, but the folks that show up and are willing to open their wallets and, and spend a couple bucks to, to pay for your content... Those are the people who genuinely have interest in what you're doing. And by, by nature of that, that relationship is automatically sort of more fulfilling, I think. Right. Yeah. Do you find that you're more open um, with them than you were, let's say, on, on terrestrial radio? Yes, much more so. Um, largely because the content is different in the sense that I did Kevin and Bean for almost 20 years. That had its own rhythm and format, and because of there was other players involved and stuff, I was able to show this much of myself. I'm, I'm putting about an inch in between my finger and my thumb. <laughs> and then I didn't. I have another podcast with Kevin Smith I do called Hollywood right. Babylon, and that's been eight years, and that's a very unique uh, show as well. It's very bawdy and, and dirty, and I do a lot of impressions and voices and stuff. It's very silly. So this show, by nature, I, th- I felt like I had to do something that was different, and because I, it's, a, it's a homegrown operation, my wife is involved and my kid is involved, so people get to see more of who I truly am, I think, and they get sort of an insight into my real life, which was, obviously, you take parts of that and you use that 
in your daily work when you're on radio, terrestrial radio, or in anything that you do where you're, you're yourself, basically, when you're a personality. But I think this is probably the most full, uh, fully exposed I've been in a, in a way to the people who mm-hmm. care. And they seem to like that. They seem to respond to that. Yeah, that's similar with me. I am very confessional and open on my podcast. So I might have thought, well, what else is there? <laughs> what else right. is there to expose? But And what is the difference between your your like your free podcast or your right. your, your commercial yeah. based podcast and, and then, then on the pa- Patreon? So on Patreon, um, I do a monthly bonus episode Great. where I have a guest on and then um, the Patreon subscribers can ask questions and we talk about stuff. And sometimes it'll just be just a solo show. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that Maybe I wouldn't, there's only a certain amount of detail I would feel comfortable going into on my regular show, Mm -hmm. but I I speak as if I'm talking to friends, so I am okay with being more open about certain, I know I'm sort of being very vague. No, Um, no, I understand. Yeah, I'm more open about about naming names and and giving like the real scoop and the real dirt on my Patreon show. And then I also do a live stream every month, um, which is fun. And sometimes I'll give them a tour of stuff. Sometimes I'll have a guest. Sometimes it's just me. Oftentimes it's my husband and also my baby and also my dog. So (laughs) (laughs) it's all of us. Um, And then I have pictures on Patreon and I post a lot on Patreon. And then there's a level where you, it's like the uh, fan club level. No, has a more fancy name. Um, <laughs> I really should. In my defense, I am pregnant right now, and pregnancy makes you dumb. You do have baby brain. That's right. Yes. And what you I you have like a like you know, like a one and a half year old at home. Though, I have right? a one and a half year old. Yeah, you're, you're getting down to business. I have, I'm old. I have to. It's, <laughs> it's the end of the line for me. There was so much science involved in making those this, eggs before making they, this happen. Before the expiration right. date rolls I, around. I'm surprised there were any. There were any left. Um, yeah. So you. Do you become stupid? And I hear you don't get it back, but I'm I'm dumb, so I wouldn't know. Oh, this stop. real flowers for Algernon situation. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So the, and then they get merchandise in the mail, right? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so, we we do all that cool stuff too, and it's just um, it it's so new for me. And this is great to have you here to kind of pick your brain and hear how you do yours because we started from. Ground zero, the the K-Rock thing ending came as a surprise, Mm -hmm. and then it was in November of last year, it was the holidays, and then this year rolled around in January, and my wife and I looked at each other and like, okay, now what do we do? And that's where the idea to do my own daily show came about, and no, no terrestrial radio in Los Angeles was interested in that, so we just started doing this thing. And it is definitely a learning curve, because it's unlike anything else even having done a podcast with kevin for all those years as you mentioned that the patreon model and the way you interact with your listeners is a very different breed of cat and so it takes a little learning i think what you're doing is fascinating though the idea of doing a show with this regular with this frequency and making it just available on patreon um greg fitzsimmons and i are teaming up to do a parenting podcast called childish initially it was called loin fruit which was his idea (laughs) that's great i thought it was so funny we he threw it out when we were just coming up with different names and we both laughed and i kept thinking about it so i'm like that's what we should do and we decided we were going to do that but then the feedback was so negative. <laughs> really? People, yeah. That it, he said, you know, I think maybe we should change it because people just don't seem to be digging loin fruit. I feel well, like... Those people are wrong. That's what I... I feel like, why are we yielding to them? But anyway, then he suggested Childish, which I, I think is a great name as well. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds like an ABC sitcom. 
Loin fruit, that sticks with you. I See, know. I think sometimes the thing that people hate uh, reject, <laughs> yes, and the thing that they bristle against immediately is often the thing that you have to teach them to love somewhere right. down the down the ro- down the road, you know. Well, for a lot of people, the name still is loin fruit. <laughs> they still ask, when's loin fruit coming? And See? we're like, childish is coming soon. But anyways, we were talking, and he, he brought up the idea of what about doing it just exclusively for Patreon. And I think we've decided against doing that, mm. but we were talking about it. Like, that was a very, to me, that was a very interesting idea. It is a real tipping point, I think, in audio entertainment that is sort of, in my opinion, kind of where we were before... Netflix and Hulu and some of those streaming services blew up where people are testing the waters to see, can you get people to pay for something that they're traditionally used to getting for free? Mm -hmm. If they're used to network and cable television, can you get them to subscribe to Netflix for a certain amount of money in order to get the entertainment? Do they see value in that? And with audio, it's, it's the same problem. I think maybe even a little more difficult because terrestrial radio forever has been free and podcasts are free and there's a glut of them available you can listen to so much material Mm -hmm. that you really have to either break through or have an established audience to be able to say i think what i'm doing has some value even if it's just a little bit do you agree and then you then you find out it's it's a it's definitely a roll the dice right i mean i think the trade-off is do you want the big audience that being free nets you or do you want the smaller more devoted audience it's funny as i'm saying it i'm talking myself into we should just do it on (laughs) patreon because i think everyone knows that like the smaller more devoted audiences is uh is where it's at these days i think uh, you know i sound like some sort of indie hipster or whatever but (laughs) i i dig the fact that there's a a small garmy out there of fans who are willing to show up and do stuff. We're doing our first live show at the Improv next month and we booked the room and ticket sales, we're almost sold out. I mean, people are showing up in a big way and I just think, let that be my beginning. If it grows into something huge, great. If not, then I still have this and and it's meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. I feel... I felt this with Hollywood Babylon and we've done that show, Kevin Smith and I, for almost eight years. It'll be eight years this month, I think. Um, and we get ridiculous numbers, largely because Kevin's a star around the world and he's got a lot of fans and stuff. So I sort of coattail that. But I also feel like there are people who will just download a ton of podcasts, whether they even get to them mm-hmm. or not. They sort of hoard this material and then they pick and choose and listen to what they listen to. So I feel that the, the numbers we're getting may not necessarily reflect the listeners that we're getting. Right. With this show... Every day I get people who have heard it, like minutes later, I start getting feedback to segments and to guests and things. I know these people are into it. And that, for me, is a little bit more satisfying in the yeah, big picture. that's really rewarding. Yeah. More with Allison tomorrow. We talk about her background. I had no idea that she was such an accomplished writer, as well as being a great broadcaster. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Also, we'll be talking to the guys who do all of the original music for Cobra Kai the sequel series over on YouTube read for the Karate Kid movies. Interesting story about how they got that gig as well. Of course, all the entertainment news and much, much more. So come on back tomorrow for Tuesday's The Ralph Report. I love you. I mean it. Bye. <laughs>